Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Someone out there loves throwing bombs from outside the circle and getting those triples as our next guest. It was a weekend of winning for our teams here at SCNZ and that included the sales NZD, NBL, with the Nuggets lifted three times in a row to win it all on Saturday night. There to witness history made was legendary Tall Black and Breakers captain Tob Abercrombie. It's been a while since we caught up with the big man, but he's back on our show now. Morena, Tom, and I know you love this question here on this show. How's the body, mate? <laughs> Morning, fellas. Well, first can I say the Mighty Nuggies. What a game. Well-deserved victory. Um, it, was, it was a heck of a final to watch. Those guys are good, and the body is good, mate. I haven't had two weeks in Fiji to refresh, but um, you know, I'm feeling not too bad otherwise. Oh, don't be like that, Tom. It's only one week, mate. Come on, back to work. I'm back on the grind. But, mate, honestly, the, the whole NBL, the NZ NBL, um, it's back, and I reckon it's bounced back with a vengeance. This has been great, guns, mate. What have you made of the standard this year? Yeah, it was a heck of a season. Um, you know, the thing that really stood out to me, you, you had teams like, uh, you know, the Nuggets, obviously, Taranaki, Nelson, with, um, you know, really competitive rosters up the top of the table, which we haven't seen for a long time, and the parity across the whole league, and just the buy-in as well from, you know, these these, these smaller town teams, and, um, you know, they seem to just hit the jackpot with these combinations of American imports they brought in who just really enjoyed playing for their their cities and for their for their fans and you know it's not always the case you sometimes get guys you know coming down and, and playing here and um you know it's a, it's a stopgap for them to move on to another league but these guys absolutely loved playing in it which is just a testament to how far the leagues come and um, you could mm-hmm. see the the cities get behind them you had sold out crowds in, in taranaki and otago nelson everywhere around the country which was just awesome to see and the stand of the basketball was was awesome too and capped off by a wonderful final, which I know you guys are very stoked about. <laughs> yeah, mate, the, the Nuggies. You've got, you got some funny thoughts when you say that word, the Nuggies coming out there, but they, <laughs> they, get, the, they get the job done. Um, Tom, what do, what do you think they went so well this year? Honestly, I think it, it, it comes back to what I said about that, that combination of imports. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, previously it, it's been a two-import league, but uh, raising that to three has just allowed some of those um, teams which probably don't have the the base of young talent, which a lot of the rosters are made up of, um, you know, they can bring in three really good imports and actually be, you know, incredibly competitive if you fill that around with, you know, a couple of good local spots. Because really, all you need is, um, you know, a good starting five and a couple of guys you can bring off the bench and you can be successful. So 
you know, Otago certainly found that formula. And as I said, those guys just really bought in and played their played their asses off. And um, you know, it was wicked to see. Oh, you're on duty, are you? <laughs> I am. Sorry, I've got <laughs> I've got the little fella crawling all over me. Back to reality. <laughs> That's all. Back to reality, brother. You got a lot of time making up for. That's for sure. Hey, uh, just talking on the on the imports. Um, you're dead right. Like uh, I was in the airport and the Taranaki Airs boys walked past me and they're Americans, obviously. So, do you feel like the the strength of the competition is really enticing um, quality players from overseas to really come over here and try and give it a crack? Are we, are we seeing are we seeing that from overseas imports? Yeah, look, I think it's a it's a combination. Um, you know, you want to keep developing that young local mm. talent, um, and you want to have you know good quality imports as well to to raise the standard of the league. So um, it's tough getting that balance right, and sometimes you know you, you, if you have too many imports in your league and it takes away from the the development of those young guys, it can be detrimental. But I think what we've found is a, is a really good happy medium here, where you know you've got three. Three imports, and as we saw the, this year, those guys have bought into the league and enjoyed their time here, and that enthusiasm has been, you know, infectious across the whole league. And I think that that standard raising is just going to make our younger players even better. And we've seen some some wonderful young players, you know, start to come through the ranks here and gain some invaluable experience from from playing in the league. You know, guys like you know, Dante Lusunans from Auckland, who, you know, he's still in high school, but Starting for the Tuatara, will go on to, to play college basketball from all accounts. And, you know, it's just had two awesome years playing in the South NBL and, and really gaining some wicked experience. So, um, yeah, I think it's a combination. They seem to have got the got the balance just right at the moment. It, it can be a fickle thing. Um, as I said, with, with the American imports, you never quite know, um, you know, who you're going to get. But they seem to have struck the jackpot this year pretty much across the board. Um, I think teams are pretty happy with with who they got. And you didn't see a lot of guys coming and going. Uh, they were pretty well established in their teams and enjoyed playing for their for their towns. And now it was just wicked to see basketball across the country um, just be really embraced in all the smaller centres. Yeah, yeah. And Dante, mate, that kid can play um, up here in Auckland. He's uh, he's a big talent that we're going to see, I guess, go through all the all the schools and all the competitions and maybe even strike it big one day. But you talk about the crowds, you talk about the fans, the packed houses, all the imports, Tom. What about the coaching? Do you think the coaching in and around the NBL, because it was such an even competition, is, is also lifted? Yeah, I think so. Um, that was great. Mike, Mike Fitcher was the, the coach of the year down at the Nelson Giants this year, which you know, absolutely stoked for him. Uh, former coach of mine and teammate of mine back in the day too. So, you got guys like um, you know Fitchy and and Juddy, Judd Flavel down in Christchurch and Aaron Young, you know a young coach, coaching the Tuatara. You know I think across the board the, the standard of the coaching of the league has um, you know just continued to get better and better as well, which is also exactly what we need to to bring that standard up and and keep developing those younger players. So I think uh, yeah you know, we're just starting to see as the I guess the enthusiasm and um, excitement for basketball spreads across the country. And there's more and more people getting involved in different areas of the game and coaching certainly no exception. We've got a lot of really exciting and, and, and eager young coaches throughout New Zealand who are getting you know, a wonderful opportunity to coach at a high level as head coaches, which they haven't always had in the past. You know, In the past, we've had you know, the breakers as an avenue for, for high-level professional coaching, and then uh, basically that was it, and you had to go overseas if you wanted to get some opportunities. But 
I think now in the in the you know in the South NBL with having ten, ten teams across New Zealand who are playing at a high level with high level players, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for our coaches. It's just going to make them better. Yeah, talking about development as well uh, for the coaching, but also the playing roster. The NBL, the NZNBL, obviously ten teams across New Zealand. And New Zealand, how how would this partnership be able to um, help the breakers? You know, the development. You you reckon you're going to see a lot of rewards coming out because these players are going to, you know, uh, our access to high level basketball is going to going to help the breakers going forward. Yeah, it can only help help the game um, from the breakers' point of view, from the tall blacks. Uh, and Tall Ferns' point of views as well, having a good, strong local league yeah. obviously creates pathways for our for our kids throughout New Zealand to have something to aspire to. And that's been a challenge in the past. You know, you've got a a young kid from um, you know down in one of the smaller centres in New Zealand who who might not necessarily see a way to to play for the Tall Blacks one day. Uh, whereas now they have a you know a good, strong local professional team they can strive towards playing for, which can be a stepping stone for them. You know, on the way to to hire things to college, to to the breakers, to the tall blacks. Um, so you know, there's some pathways there, which is I think is is really really important for our younger players to see that there's a there's a way for them to, I guess, reach those heights if that's something that they want to do. If they want to dream big, they want to play for the breakers or play in the NBA one day. Um, there's a way for them to do it, and I think it's just a matter of time, honestly, before we start to see some really really good players go on and, and make that leap and, and play in the NBA. Um, you know, I think we've seen it in Australia now, the amount of younger players that are getting identified and picked up in the draft nearly every year now. Um, you know, hopefully it's just a matter of time before New Zealand reaches that stage too and we get a couple of our young guys playing in the big time with Stevie. Yeah, we, we don't want to put the mocker on anyone, Tom, and we don't want to put the pressure on anyone. But is it, do you feel like it's only a matter of time? It's been a long time since Stephen Adams and... Uh, you know, got Sean Marks over there being GM of the net. So, like, is it only a matter of time for the next one? And if there is someone, can yeah. you put the pressure on them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't, I, don't, I don't know who to who to circle here. Um, yeah. Probably hasn't helped being away from New Zealand for a couple of years. I, I don't quite have my finger yeah. on the pulse with some of these younger kids, but I know there's a there's a heck of amount of talent, um, and there's some really good kids going over to play college basketball this year. Um, you know, which is still probably the, the the best pathway to get to the NBA um, and yeah we'll see what happens I, I think it's inevitable that this this wave of um, enthusiasm for the game it can't not translate to, to high success eventually you know it's not going to happen straight away but there's just so many kids playing the sport these days um, and that competition that internal competition throughout New Zealand is only going to drive our kids to get better and better and have more opportunities going forward too, and, and, and hopefully getting drafted in the future. Yeah, you know, let's yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed that we've got someone coming up. Hey, Tom, you're home, you're refreshed, you're with your far note. Where you at with the breakers? Has preseason started yet? Yeah, we had our first first official preseason run on. Um, sheesh, what day are we now? Monday on 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 Saturday uh, was the first run. So all the all the imports got in on on Friday night. We had our first run on Saturday. Another run yesterday. Um, so no, the boys are good. Everyone's excited. It's uh, it's nice to have some some company back at back at Atlas Place here uh, to run around with, and you know, the squad's looking good. Yeah, everyone's excited to go. And October seventh, our first home game back at Spark Arena. We're all pretty pumped for that. So um, no, that's uh, it's all becoming a bit more real now as we get closer and closer. And I'm really impressed with what I've seen so far from the group. 
Nice. Tom Abercrombie, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. Just quickly, before I let you go, there's been a text message from Jamie from Wanaka. He wants a playoff system, a longer playoff system for the NZNBL. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Maybe a couple more games for the for the finals? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Like back in the day, um, I remember we used to play best of three series in the final and, and you know, home away sort of thing. So they've done that in the past. Obviously, the final four format has been successful in the past too, and now they've brought in the, the sort of final six this year with a play-in game. But, you know, maybe they can, um, you know, expand that, that final six to have a home away version um, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one, you know, adding adding more games in and, and adding more travel for those teams. But um, it would be cool for, you know, it worked out well this year that Auckland Tuatara, um, who were hosting the final series, made the final. But, you know, it's always cool if the the place where the finals is, the team you know, is actually playing there. So um, I, I was a fan of the home away system in the past and hopefully that's something they can bring back. Yeah, for sure. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Tom Abercrombie, mate, thanks so much for finding time for us. All the best for the preseason. No doubt those old legs will still have plenty of juice left in them, bud. No question. Thanks for having me, fellas. It was instantly an on-field performance that will not be forgotten for a long time. Everything the rugby public, coaching staff and playing group had been crying out for clicked, and Alice Park was silenced again. But the noise around New Zealand rugby and Ian Foster's future has just grown louder, fueled by a quite bizarre press conference called by NZR CEO Mark Robinson yesterday evening. Either back him or sack him. Why can't you do that? Well, like I say, we, we'll, we'll take stock of the, um, of the conversation, the information coming out of the, uh, out of the camp, and we'll, we'll comment later in the week. Ian Foster himself also fronted media overnight and was asked if he feels like... He has the support of his bosses. I certainly feel I've got the support and backing of the All Blacks, and and I believe I've got the support. And you know, I, I think New Zealand rugby still, you know, we're still, I guess, there's still processes that they want to go through to to categorically say that. But what I do know is that to coach this team, you have to have categoric support. Mm, the support of the All Blacks, which no doubt includes Captain Sam Kane, but not New Zealand rugby. Myself and um, plenty of the leaders are certainly available for, for the board or um, anyone who would like to, to seek our opinion. I think we've probably uh, you know, got a better insight than, than most. We've been in here and knowing footy and, and working with him um, day in, day out. So, yeah, we're always available for comment. So after an all-time All Blacks win, the drama, angst and divide seems to be as real as ever inside NZR. Jim Kays is a rugby journalist who's seen it all, and he's with us now. Morning, Jim. Good morning. What a mess. What a mess, mate. How sloppy is this? <laughs> yeah, sloppy's a good description. Um, that, that grab you, you ran, that was me saying stack him or back him. And, and I think that mm. they just need to do that. This is a soap opera. They need to, you know, he needs clarity and confirmation of what he's doing, and so do the players. It's, it's quite clear, is he? There is a significant disconnect between HQ and the team. Mm. Uh, I tried to ask um, Robbo about that on that Zoom press conference, and he sort of deflected. But, but there is. There's a significant disconnect. I was told, and I asked him about this uh, yesterday, that he had a rather heated conversation with several senior All Blacks who, who were pretty frustrated at what was going on. This is immediately after the mm. game. 
um, and he sort of finished up by telling them to, to stay in their lane. Um, so, you know, you look at this and wow. you just say, well, there's a, a, a coach who's backed by his players, um, but not backed by New Zealand rugby. And you've got to, I think we have to also accept that Ian Foster's never really captured the public support. Uh, there was a, a poll on stuff yesterday saying, did the result against South Africa suggest that he should stay on? 75% of almost 8,000 people said no, that he should go. Mm. Um so it is. It's 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 a it's a mess, but it's been extremely poorly handled uh, by New Zealand rugby. I was thinking, as in, and you were you were around for this back in 2011. You guys played that Test match in Port Elizabeth, and um, mm. uh, then went on to Brisbane for the last game before the, the Rugby World Cup, and, and I was there as, as as part of the media. And as we flew back, when we got to Sydney Airport. Two or three of the All Blacks. I know it was Jose Gere and Liam Messam, and I think I think Crockett uh, had been told that they weren't part of the World Cup squad, and they had to go back onto an international flight to go home while the rest of us went up to, to Brisbane. It was brutal to see, absolutely brutal to see. But when I think about it now, mate, that was the sort of honesty that actually needs to be happening with Ian Foster right now. If it's brutal, just mm. tell him and he'll move on. But at the moment, they're leaving him in limbo, and I think that's really unprofessional. And you touched on his mental health, mate, and I think it was a great question. It was throughout the, the evening, and, and Mark Robinson said he didn't really answer any of those questions. He never really alluded to the, the help and, and the support that Fozzie and, and all the rest of the team are, are getting through this. But, mate, do you think Mark Robinson's job's safe? Um, that's a great question. <clears throat> I'll, I'll go back half. <laughs> Look, it probably is because because he'll deflect a lot of this onto the board. But I think when New Zealand rugby had the chance, when they replaced the two Stevens, Hanson and Chew, they could have been a lot bolder and a lot more adventurous and a lot more um, forward thinking than they were. They picked a CEO who, to, to, from what we've all seen, can't make a decision. And they picked a coach who was a continuation of what they already had in place. And I thought at the time they missed the trick. You know, should have gone with Razor as the coach and should have gone bolder with the CEO. So I think we're seeing now a very conservative board, a very conservative New Zealand rugby organisation, not really knowing, dithering, not being able to decide what they're going to do around their head coach. And, And as I say, a head coach who, yes, they had a magnificent win against South Africa, but he hasn't really captured the rugby public's imagination. I think that's fair to say. People haven't really swung in behind Fozzie. So they've got a big PR mess on their hands a, a year out from a Rugby World Cup. Yeah, Jim, it's Kempe, mate. Hey, it looked, it looked like they had a decision already made and then sort of backtracked through the interview, did you feel? Tony, I think they had a decision made and it was based on the fact that they thought the All Blacks were going to lose to South Africa. And then the All Blacks turned around and, and won. And, and they won their third consecutive test match at Alice Park. So if it's a fortress, then it's not a bad fortress for the All Blacks. Third consecutive yeah. test match. So, yeah, I think that they had a decision made. And then the All Blacks went out and played so superbly. And all of a sudden they went, oh, hang on a sec. We've got a no problem on our hands here. We've got no plan B. We've got a PR disaster. Do we sack a coach? just after they've beaten South Africa at the Fortress in, in Alice Park, or that is Alice Park. Ooh, that's a tricky one to sell, isn't it? I've got mates who, who aren't big fans of Ian Foster, 
who texted me saying this is a shambles. This is like Shortland Street. You know, it's it's not good. No. And then, which leads me into the next question, Steve Hansen's conversation where he came out and played his card, he had the player's card and back Fozzy, you know, um, and he basically said in between the lines that the issue isn't the the coach, the issue is the connect, disconnect between the CEO, the board and the All Black team. And how we're yep. seeing that played out now, there's been talk about Robinson and, of course, Fozzy. Um, what about... Where does this board play their part? You know, like the leadership should, surely comes through the governance, doesn't it? Yep, it's the board who select the coach, who, who, who pick the coach. So, yeah, absolutely it falls on the board. Um, one of the great things if you're on a board, uh, particularly the New Zealand Rugby Union board, is that you seem to sort of hide back in the shadows and it's the CEO who cops all of the blame when things go wrong. But you're 100% correct, mate. The board has been sloppy around this. The board made the decision to appoint Ian Foster, they just, they need to come out and say, as a board, he's our man, he's going through to the next World Cup, end of conversation, not going to be discussed again between now and the end of the World Cup, or they need to get rid of him and bring in Razor. It's really, really simple. Just be decisive and definitive one way or the other, because that's what people want. And if it's Ian Foster, we'll all get him behind him. But come out and say it. Yep, he's our man, right through to the next World Cup. All right, Jim, Oracle, K's. What's your gut telling you, mate? What is your gut leading towards this week? What do you think? Is he taking us through the World Cup, or will there be change? Based purely on last night's ridiculous press conference where the CEO refused to back his coach, I'd suggest that he's a Godberger, because if he wasn't, he would have said he's our man. So based purely mm. on that press conference, I think that they're going to replace him, and they're going to replace him with, with Scott Robertson, who's really the only option. Uh, it's, it's not going to be um, Joe Schmidt because he doesn't want to do the travel. So, you know, I just look at it and think, well, if he was if he was going to be retained, then that press conference yesterday would have been uh, Mark Robinson saying, Ian Foster's our man, let's go, let's move on. But he didn't say that, oh, so you've got to think that oh, they're going to oh, get rid of him. I've had a little whisper there, uh, Jim, that maybe Ooh. Joe Schmidt's bloody chucked his hat in the... And the ring, mate. I think he got a little bit excited by this opportunity. Well, he'd be a very good option, wouldn't he? Um, and a cheaper <laughs> option too, because he wouldn't he wouldn't be wouldn't be sacking half of the team, I think, which is what Razor would do. Um, yeah. So if they if they do bring him in, then then that's a good option through to the next World Cup. So if if he's had a bit of a change of heart, and as you say, it must be. I mean, it must be exciting being involved in the All Blacks. It must be intoxicating, really. You know, once you're in there, you'd you'd never want to leave. So. Yeah, Joe Schmidt, not a bad coach to have on hand. Um, maybe they'll bring him in as some sort of a director of rugby or something, is he? And keep Foster, mm. keep Foster in there as well. For sure. That's, that oh. interview yesterday's given us no light. It shed no light on the situation. <laughs> whether <laughs> whether, or not, whether or not Scott it? wants to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is the process? Like, we, we're no better off, are we, Jim? No, I don't know why they called that press conference. All it did was muddy the waters even more. Um, when you've got a CEO calling a press conference, and that's what he did, when you've got a CEO calling a press conference and then basically saying nothing, you've got to wonder mm. about the organisation. Uh, you know, where is there? What are they doing? What are they doing from a PR perspective? Because that was a debacle, <laughs> absolute debacle. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been involved in a press conference like it. 
Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, Jim, but I'd like to commend you on your uh, questions throughout the, the presser. I thought they were fantastic. You did a great job, mate. We're going to have to let you go. Jim Kays no coming on and talking about that press conference. Thanks so much for your honesty and uh, well, Cheers, Jim. pretty damning conversations. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, fellas. Have a good day. There you go. Jim Kays. And you're right, Izzy. He was asking the tough questions. It was uh, a very bizarre press conference. I've seen some weird ones. That would be right up there. It was one of our great All Black performances. Backs against the wall. And the boys went into the cauldron and lifted immensely. There was one unreal effort across the pitch. But it's got to be said, Rico Ioane probably played his best game at centre and did himself very proud. A bloke who knows for sure, though, is the great man, the great centre, Conrad Smith, and he's on the line with us now. No doubt he's biked, well, half around Taranaki because every morning he biked, he did the Fiji, tour the Fiji, Bula, Conrad. <laughs> Bula, is he? Great intro. No, great performance. It was good, good to get back from Fiji and watch that sort of game. Yeah, it was a great performance, uh, particularly with our centre pairing, who we've been chopping and changing week in, week out, trying to find that perfect combination. But this week, I felt, or on the weekend, they, they went, took a step in the right direction, mate. For you, Rico Iwani, you impressed? Yep, yeah. And to be to be fair to Rico, like he's, he's been um, brilliant. I mean, I know he's been quiet maybe the last couple of weeks, but the opportunities he gets, um, he always looks good. Um, and, you know, Avili, you know, David, I, I actually, for me, he was even... Um, oh, I was more impressed with his performance. Like, man, he's come a long way, and like, um, probably be one of the first guys I'd pick now in that back line, um, based on that performance. He he just offers, you know, so much more. He's helping, you know, the teams taking a lot of pressure off um, whether it's Bowie or Richie that you're playing there, because I think you can play both of those guys. Um, but David there, you know, and that's not taking anything away from Quinton. You know, you've got a lot of depth mm. you always do in New Zealand rugby, but um, I think David just offered a little bit more, and maybe that's the experience he's had. Um, but and, and just giving them a bit of time there together, building a partnership, I know it's something um, I was keen to see, and, and, and that's what Fozzie, you know, stuck with after South Africa. He could easily change um, after that first test, but he stuck with them again, and, 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 you know, that's what happens when you've got quality players. They can back and, and produce a performance like that. What, what, what was the, the key factors for the bounce back, particularly in our back attack there, Snakey? Oh, the, oh, one thing I really noticed was our, our effort. You could particularly see on the counter attack, you saw Rico, you saw David Harvey really busting you know, their backsides to get yeah. back and be another support, but what for you was the, the difference this week? Yeah, I, I think, you know, all round I, I think you need you know, back you and me would always say it, you've got to do the work up front. It's easy when you're, you know, getting game on. And that's, you know, we were getting set-piece ball. We were recycling, giving ourselves, you know, and it was a bit more front football that they had this time to work off. So that that all makes a difference. Um, and, and then just winning collisions. And, and you're right, though, that the energy was just a lot better. Um, and not, not just from the backs, from from all the players. They were up for this and, you know, we had to be. So uh, it, it was just... It was great to see, and, and they, they were enjoying it, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's already been said, but the way they sort of came back towards the end of the game, because it looked like it was slipping away, um, you know, that, that's that's a massive um, test to the, you know, to the to the pride and, and the resilience within the group, which is, uh, yeah, it's great to, 
great to see and great as, as an All Black supporter as we are now. It's um, yeah, so it's, it's awesome to see that on the field. Hey, Con- Conrad, what about all the um, conversation around the coaching um, of Fozzie and and the the relationship with Robinson and the board? What do you make of all that? Yeah, look, I, I don't. I mean, I don't read into it a lot. I don't follow it a lot. Um, I, I do think, and I, I think even Fozzie might have said it after the game, it, it has got, uh, personally, I, I think it's gone a little bit too far. And, and it's and it's like we're judging the guy on the personality as if he was a politician or something. You know, <laughs> like all mm-hmm. fair game, you know, you judge him on the performance on the field. But that, that, that's what he gets judged on. You know, and some people don't seem to like him and, and think that's, he's no longer worthy of being the all-black coach just because they don't like his personality or he doesn't maybe say the right things. I don't know. Like, you just judge him on his performances. And I know we haven't been up to the mark, but, look, there there could be a lot of reasons for that. You know, I've got my own, and I don't think it's the coach's fault. And it's definitely not Sam Kane's fault because you can throw him. The stuff he's directed at him is just outrageous, like... You know, we're, we're rugby players. We don't need to win a publicity battle to keep our jobs, but that's what it feels like at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah, I don't know the reason for that. There's bigger uh, social issues for things like that. But, uh, yeah, it has gone <laughs> a little bit too far in my mind. Conrad, on the coaching, you've been coached by um, Ian Foster, particularly with the backs, over our entire career, really. We were under him and... I've talked about a week in, week out. He's a very smart coach. Technically, he's, and technically, he nails his role. And you've seen over the last couple of weeks, have you seen a real shift in the way the backs have been particularly ta- attacking and particularly in, in phase play? And you've noticed the, the change that we've seen from Fozzie's influence on the backs? Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, he's a very smart guy. You know, like he's not many better around in terms of the tactical mm. now and. Um, you know, what what he's done, I'm, I'm sure he would have been, you know, picked up from watching Super Rugby, watching international rugby. You know, he'd have a few things that he thinks we can, you know, can be a point of difference for this all-black side. Um, and, and he would have been hammering on those, you know, for, from the start of the campaign. And, and and a lot of them, you know, maybe take a little bit of time to adjust to. And, and that's why, you know, potentially it, was, it didn't click in the first few weeks just because it was it was always going to take a bit of time but um, look based on that last performance you know it's pretty exciting you know what they're doing um, there's, there's a lot of other players that can slot in and, and do their roles um, within this all black backline so look I, I think it's, it's still exciting and you know we're, we're posing plenty of threats um, now with, the, with that performance so you know and, and that's what you just got to keep being judged on and, and hopefully they can continue it what do you make of Jace Ryan's um, impact over the last couple of weeks, Conrad? You know, he's with the group, uh, Lomax, Takuhu in the front row, really courageous decisions to put those three in there. Do you think they made a massive ch- um, difference to the game on the weekend? Yeah, I do. And that's coming from a centre, so you're not looking, <laughs> looking at the comment here. But, uh, <laughs> no, they, they were awesome. And, and, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm wanting those guys to be able to carry a ball, make game line, and all of them have done that. And, and even their little touches, I've been able to link with backs, and, and, and that's been, you know, that's gold. So, look, I I, um, I don't know Jace as a coach. Um, I, he's obviously done a great job um, with the Crusaders over a number of years. Uh, so, look, it's, it's having an impact um, on, on the forwards 
and and you know they, they did a there was a great work you know playing against a team that loves to maul and we're just going to that all day and you know we weren't sacking we were competing we got some harsh penalties I thought you know some of those lifting the leg look uh little little stuff but it's it's difficult in there so um but and we keep fronting and, and we just keep holding out you know a number of drives which was um really good to see all right, before I get to the performance of uh, Ma'a Nonu, Skucks, your partner in crime, let's talk. I've got a question on the, t- on the text machine for you. Hey, lads, question for Snakey. The season has similarities to the 2009 season. How did Snakey feel they managed to turn things around then, and could that translate with this group? Yeah, I, I've thought about that a little bit. I, obviously, in 2009, we were over in Africa and, and lost a couple um there and then obviously lost again when we come home. So I, I just remember there was a whole lot of soul searching um, through that season, even at the end of that. And it was the one time, you know, in my whole career that I, you know, we felt that South Africans had our number, like another team were, were better than us. And um, and look, and it just meant a whole, like, probably, probably very similar to what's going on now. The coaches had a look at themselves, there was a few rejigging of roles. You know, we brought in a lot of the leadership um, ideas that car- we carried on for the next seven, eight years. We're probably still going. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it can you know when you use it the right way, that sort of adversity is, is can do great things to a team. Um, whether that's happening now, I'm sure that there's lots of similar reactions going on now. And look, it, it could be. It's um, I hope so. It's, and I was hopeful even, you know, after we lost that second Irish test, I remember saying, look, these, these things um, aren't always bad. And I, I knew how good a team the Irish were. And South Africa, you can say the same thing. So um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, good can come out of this. Yep, take a lot from the adversity that they've been uh, enduring over the last couple of weeks. Hey, thank you before we let you go, mate. Ma'a Nonu, taking over the mic. What was your initial to reaction to his questions? Come on. Mate, I've got to be on. No, I'm, a, yeah, I'm, mate, I'm watching at three in the morning. I've got the kids next door. I have volume right down. I, I haven't seen that. I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to find out. I didn't even know he was doing it. I talked to my ass to a lot. He kept, he kept that under wraps. But I uh, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. I haven't heard any of his, um, oh. his comments or questions. I'll, I'll, repeat, I'll repeat one. He goes, Hey, Fozzy, come here. Give me a hug. Gives him a hug quickly. And then he goes, hey, uh, that 15, is that your best 15 that of the year? Is that your number one team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, being his true self. He's bringing his talent. I love it already. <laughs> Oi, and his other question. Hey, Foz, the D, you got beaten on the outside quite a few times. What was the problem there? <laughs> Just quick before we let go, you would have seen the defence. Um, they, they were getting a lot of games, particularly when Willie Larue come on. Was is that a, a is that somewhere we should be worried about? And is that quite an easy fix? Well, I, I think again, you go back to the source. Like it was a lot of from the driving um, lineouts, and so we were mm-hmm. probably putting an emphasis on that. And it was tying up, you know, a few of our Lucys that maybe as backs, you know, we'd like them to, to hang off. 
Um, so then when they were peeling away, they realised we were stopping them all, they were coming away and it was looking a little bit easy. So we just have to be smart and, and not you know, commit like that all the time or, or adjust just a little bit quicker to help the backs out. Because I don't think, you know, and I'd have to look at it again, but I don't think we were necessarily making bad decisions. We were just a few, maybe even just one or half a man down and that's enough for a good Oregon side, and that was giving them the space. Makes sense, makes sense, Snakey. Appreciate you coming on the show, mate, and I appreciate no problem, man. Take, looking after Tilly for, for a week, mate. You really made my holiday that much easy. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, it was great. It was good to catch up, mate, and uh, having a chat. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Yes, that's right, Louis. When my wife booked a trip to Fiji, I never thought it would fall in the middle of two of the most important test matches of the year against our greatest foes, the Springboks. I was absolutely spewing, but then I sipped on my first pina colada and all was forgiven. And to be quite honest, I was glad I was away from it all. Week one hurt, and I could only imagine the feeling the team was feeling after the first test defeat to the Springboks. Unlike the team... I could hide away, poolside, blanking out all the noise. Fozzie and the All Blacks had to do the opposite. Under so much pressure and nowhere to hide, there was only one way for this team to go. Head to Alice Park, the epitome of the Coliseum in Rome, and throw the kitchen sink at it and see where it goes, or wave the white flag and surrender. Wash your mouth out, Israel. The All Blacks don't surrender. What a performance. This was a Ford pack that was possessed from the outset. Shannon Frizzell was enormous with and without ball, accompanied by his fellow Lucy's Kane and Savia. Now, don't get me started on Savia. No words will ever describe his importance for this team. Another food for thought. Have we just found our front rows going forward? Mobile, tough. Nailed all the intricacies of being a Ford, but one standout? Stopped Moores. Take about Jace Ryan. The backs had their day as well. I thought Rico Yuani had his best performance in the 13 jersey. Passed when he needed to and showed real grit when players got on his outside to make the covering tackle. The back three, the bomb squad. I said it last week. Win the air and you win the game. They dominated the air and nullified South Africa's biggest weapon, the box kick. Look, it wasn't picture perfect, but nothing is. All I can say is the pina colada will taste a wee bit better this week. A quick message for our fans. Focus on the performance and celebrate this win and let the fishheads take care of what's going to happen in the future, i.e. coaching. Vinaka. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Oh, Tropicana drinks are free. <laughs> Love and sunshine. There's enough for everyone. There you go, Izzy. Off it. Pina colada it tastes a wee bit better bomb, this week, mate. Oh, mate. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Bittersweet. Oh, I'm loving it. The All Blacks are back. Nothing they like are. it. They are back. They are back. It's been a tough couple of weeks. And uh, look, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I was quite happy <laughs> I was away last week because it would have been difficult. You know, like, probably the hardest thing, you know, when you have to talk about a team you love so dearly and I flicked Fozzie a message last night and just said, asked him how he was going, he said he's going all good and I just said uh, good on you, you know, I know I know I'm on the, the other side now 
but uh, I'll never forget what, what you did for me and blah, blah, blah. And he wrote back, I know you're on the other side, but you'll always be a part of us. And oh, uh, no, nice. it's good to have a chat to him. But, um, mate, it's a tough old time, and I just really wanted to focus on the performance, and, and that was. And there's going to be some changes in conversations this week, and when it comes to that, we will no doubt knuckle into that. But, yeah, just wanted to talk about some, some positive things that we saw from the game. Rico Iwani, I thought he was outstanding. And even Conrad Smith, he reckons David Harvey was even better. Yeah. Mate, and we did our bit last week. We did our bit to get the yeah. boys home. You know that, eh? And what yeah, we yeah, did yeah, was sure. we put to get, we put together the All Blacks at an Alice Park Ooh. playlist, and they would have been banging those bangers out. I was listening to it all weekend. It? Yeah, man. I reckon they – I reckon, well, who wouldn't? Give us one. Who, Give us one. Who wouldn't? Oh, mate, my favourite's on there is Plush, mate. Plush by Stone Temple Pilots. Mm. Brought back some memories. I used to, that was used to be my go-to song when I was in England. Mate, I just cranked it up every time I head to the game. I just get in my car. They could hear me coming down the road, they reckon. Here comes Kempe. <laughs> Hop out of the car, mate. The window's just shaking. Speaking of Kempe, speaking of Kempe, what happened to your Tasman, bro? I'll cut it out. I think I got you. I think I, I think I got you on the weekend, did they? Yeah. I think I just got yeah, you. Yeah, you did. I'm just I'm just running the math now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let well, know, Louis. Taranaki got a hiding. Uh, Auckland won. Um, yeah. Otago. Keep going, Louis. Oh, Keep going. Northland. Bet. Yep. <laughs> Go to Tanifa. North Harbour. Yeah. yeah. I think. What is it? We're going. To, we're what's going the score now? Oh, well, remember, it's all done on points, so we'll, we'll look at the table. I haven't got added it all up, but I, Kempe's just slightly hit. It's not, hey, it's just, just a slight lead, is Yeah, it? all I could see was Tasman and Taranaki getting hiding, so I was just giggling away. I can afford to drop a couple a week, I reckon, with the, with the sides <laughs> that I've chosen, so <laughs> you're in big trouble, mate. And they, they're late, as they're a Taranaki late man, Kempe, as a Taranaki man, like, that was quite bad. <laughs> quite bad. Quite bad after not losing a game last year. What do you mean, mm. quite bad? Hey, um, get uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable, is he? Um, this this will be a, a long season, and if you're paying for lunch, the Waiheke Wine Tour, <laughs> you're going to know about it as well because Joe I'm loves I'm his rosé. Brother, <laughs> I'm, I'm, orga- I'm, I'm organising the helicopter <laughs> as we speak. Uh, one last text: Embarrassed to be a New Zealander after watching the boys get bagged for last month. Far out, man. Get on board and support these guys. All we hear about is the negative stuff. Let the positive stuff flow and help these excellent human beings. We feel we are all behind them, no matter what. Lovely sentiment there. Appreciate your text and Kempi. Someone wants you to give a shout out to the Linwood Kiers winning the women's grade, reserves grade, and the men's prems yesterday. Beating oh, the good. Hornby Panthers. Whoops, says Justin. Oh no, Harry's Panthers, mate. The Hornby parent. And oh yeah, that might be that might be uh, Justin Wallace. Not sure, oh, Kimby. That, that might be Justin Wallace. Um, texting in from Christchurch, young junior Kiwi boy back in the days. So, uh, but yeah, nah. All the finals are on. Hey, I just I just want to do a big shout out myself, Louis. Um, but we'll do that once we get back. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.